Welcome back, America. It's your boy Sherman Obed here once again, bringing you the latest episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, again, here bringing in the new year still. Just just a couple days old in 2020. Can't Still can't believe it. Um, Obed, how goes it, my friend? I'm alive. I made it. Happy to see a whole new year back on the grind. <laughs> I feel you, man. Dude, I just, I still, I guess I know we were ringing the new year last week, but I still can't believe it's 2020. It's kind of, it's still kind of crazy to me to think that, you know, it's just a whole new year, a whole new decade. But we you know what? Here on the, here on What's the Word Entertainment, folks, we're just going to keep on rolling. Um, dude, one thing I'm very, very excited about in 2020 is some of the movies that are going to be going to be coming out this year. Yes, and sir. most, 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 most importantly, due to me, Bad Boys for Life. What's good? Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Dude, it's fine. The third one is finally happening. It's going to be in theaters next week, if I'm not mistaken, next week, Friday, if I'm not mistaken, on that, that the 17th. Dude, I'm so amped for this. I think I've we've talked about this, I think, once before, but I don't yep. even care. It's just, dude, I'm so amped for it. I will be, single, I will be going to see it in, in theaters Thursday night at midnight when it comes out. I'm not waiting for this. Dude, like I said, the first one is my favorite movie of all time. Got the movie poster in my crib, yep. original movie yep. poster in my crib. Dude, I don't know about you if you're excited for this one or if there's any other movies that you were looking forward to in 2020. I am excited for this one. I mean, they did they just make good movies between uh, uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. I mean, you know, I'm sure when they first talked about the original Bad Boys, it was just like an idea shot in the dark. They work really well together, play off well together. I mean, Fuck Bad Boys 2 is great, hilarious, action packed. Looking forward to the third the third uh, time around the wheel. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Downhill. Um, so Downhill is a drama comedy that features Will Ferrell. Uh, and so he's on vacation with his family at a ski lodge and it looks like there's going to be an avalanche. He goes to grab his cell phone and runs and they don't die. <laughs> <laughs> I, did see that. I did see that that one. Yeah. They're like, um, my man, were you just going to leave us here to die? Like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to I see, see how that one plays out. You know, Will Ferrell's always a hilarious character. I don't know. I think it's more on the serious side, but I'm excited about that one. Uh, and then honorable mentions, down to see Wonder Woman, the 1984 version yes. that they have for her. And That's then the, Ghostbusters my- Afterlife. No hate or anything on the Ghostbusters remake that had the, the female leads in it. Um, but it was whack. And so <laughs> I'm looking forward to the actual Ghostbusters afterlife that is like owed to the the like the real deal story. Right, right. Another one, I think there's gonna be a new James Bond movie starring Daniel Craig in it. Um I heard about that. Yes, I think it comes out around April. Um I think this might be his last time. I think he's kind of done with the role. But yeah. he, I think he's done a great, great, a great rendition of James Bond. So I'm looking forward to that one. But yes, but the Wonder Woman you mentioned, that's another one I'm looking forward to. But again, for, for me, Bad Boys for Life all day. It's gonna be right. a few Never Marvel movies. Yeah, that's right. A few Marvel movies coming out, you know. But yeah. uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Moving along, let's get right into it. Um, I know we obviously we over this is a sports and entertainment talk show. We talk about sports all the time. But one thing we had I haven't talked about in a while, um, even though we talk about football a lot, there's the XFL that's coming back to life from the <laughs> uh, from the uh, the bowels of hell what it was before when yeah. Vince McMahon was trying to run it the first time around. Um, right. Some of the rule I don't know if you got to look at this. Some of the rules that they're kind of be implementing in this new league, which is kind of focusing on speeding up the game, which yeah. is kind of interesting to me. That's why I want to just wanted to bring it up. And I'm thinking maybe perhaps the the NFL maybe adapt some of these rules later down the line. One rule kind of stood out to me. There's no extra points. There's either a one point play, a two point play or a three point play, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Would help eliminate ties. Um, 
the overtime rules, kind of a shootout style overtime, almost like kind of like college football does. Yeah. I thought that was kind of. I don't know if any of those other extra rules kind of stood out to you at all, Obed. Uh, for me, um, I definitely like the the uh, uh, the no extra point rule, but I it, it's tough as a purist. I feel like you're you're then you know as a Patriots fan, Adam Vinatieri was a god. And he did it for multiple teams, multiple kicking situations. You know, hey, uh, Peyton Manning doesn't have his first Super Bowl with the Colts if uh, Adam Vinatieri doesn't kick five field goals against the Ravens. Book it. Well, well I still think they're doing field. They're just not doing extra points after touchdowns. Oh, so. gotcha. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. I thought they were just getting rid of kickers like it was no, fantasy no, no. football. Um, <laughs> so allowing offensive linemen to be up to two yards downfield when a pass is thrown, they're trying to hope to minimize flags on run pass option plays. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have to be honest. Is the NFL and all these sports trying to do what college does? I don't particularly care very much so for the format of college just because there's just it just doesn't seem like there's fairness because there's teams that are stacked with blue chippers and there's teams that are not, right? Maybe it'll be different when it's in the pros if that's the case, right. but I just – I'm I'm all for a quarterback who gets under center, steps back, calls his plays, audibles, reads the defense. I don't I don't think the new quarterbacks play that wrote uh, read the defense as well, whatever. But they're trying to keep this RPO thing going, and and we're going to talk about some of these new hires, which might continue that trend. Um, and then there was a requirement for only one foot to be in bounds for for a possession, which, uh, is, which like is college, which is like college, you know. But I, I could only imagine what would happen when you have millions of dollars on the line. Sorry, what am I talking about? College already has millions and billions of dollars on the line. Uh, and a player steps out, reestablishes, just like what happened with Moss, the wide receiver Moss, uh, in the LSU-Alabama game, where he stepped out, reestablished, and tiptoe ended up making the, pe- the play. Uh, you know, because in, fo- in NFL, you cannot be the first person to touch the ball after you've gone out of, out of bounds, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a whole cascade of different changes to the rule book if you want to just make one rule change like that. Uh, I know we both talked about off off the air that, hey, um, this would be great if maybe the NFL could adopt some of these things because it is about making the game faster, right? Yeah, I think you know, they're kind of just really going to focus on speeding up the game. I think they were saying that the NFL games usually average about a little over three hours, whereas the XFL, they're trying to hope to get it under three hours, maybe about 245 and change or so. Yeah. Um, some some games do take a little longer. I think they're also going to be limiting timeouts to two timeouts per half with kind of a, more of a running clock. So I, I get it. They want to make it more, make it faster, more exciting, more you know, more action packed, which I, I, which I can understand. I don't think the NFL would adapt all of these rules that you know, but I think, um, I think the the kind of the extra point thing, maybe allowing them to go. You know, obviously, they can already go for two, but maybe allowing them to go for you know, for the plays like that. The over, I think to me, the overtime thing is the best thing. Instead of just having one possession. Or you know, one for the ten minute quarter, and if you know you score first, boom, you get you your game over. If you score a touchdown, and the other team doesn't even get a chance. We'll talk about that here in a second. You know, looking at the at Saints Vikings game from last week, so you know something like that because college, you know, they go the whole back and forth type of thing. You know, which which at least gives definitively gives each team an absolute shot at the other at at a, at a possession. Yeah, so that's you, why I think it's a little. It's, it could be something that the NFL could adapt eventually. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, you know, uh, if not for fantasy football, I don't know how watchable NFL is. And then after the kind of uh, game endings that we saw over the past weekend, I think people would start to say that you got to give us a little better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move it along. A couple uh, announcements here in college football this past week. Two quarterbacks announced they will be entering the draft, most importantly, or 
excuse me, more famously, Tua Tagovailoa, the former Alabama quarterback and star, uh, he will be entering the NFL draft. I think we talked about him last week, whether he should or should not go. He finally made an announcement that he's saying he will go to the draft when he forego his senior season. You know, people are projecting him still possibly first round pick. Um, you know, I, I'm just not sure because we're not really sure about the hip, yeah. where that's going to be. Um, also was announced Jake Fromm, the quarterback out of Georgia, announced that he will be going in the draft. I think I, I've said it before on the show. I'm I'm high on Jake Fromm. I think he has a great upside to him. He doesn't really have the deep ball threat, you know. But I you know he can develop his arm strength throughout, you know, throughout the course of his career. But I'm high on Fromm. Just looking at the two these two quarterbacks a little bit, where do you see that either of them going as far as draft wise and possibly having a you know a successful NFL career? Man, I'm still big on the idea of uh, Tua down in Miami. Obviously, you're not making – I just – I can't imagine him doing anything even at pro day, knowing how long it takes for him to get healthy before the draft. The draft is in May. We are currently in uh, January. April or May, I think it is. April, April or May. Yeah, so we, we're talking about he has three months. Uh, he's only, what, a month removed from the injury? Um, so we're talking about him about, being, about two months, so two was, months, November. Yeah. Okay. So two months removed from the injury. We're talking about him having what they said was going to be eight months. He would be on the cusp of six, right? By that time. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to do anything at the pro day. I don't think a doctor is going to clear him for the kind of physical activity to run around on that at, at a high enough speed to prove that he can do what he needs to do in front of scouts. Um, so I just don't see him going in the first, on the first day. Honestly, I feel like he's a day two pick. Um, I feel like I would like him to end up in Miami or honestly, if he could end up going to a dome team like Atlanta and just chilling on their bench for, I, now I, again, I'm not sure how old Matt Ryan is, but they run a system that is in Atlanta that is dependent on a lot of studs. And, you know, these quarterbacks today are used to playing with a lot of studs. They're not these guys who have to come out here without playing with, you know, uh, Heisman Trophy candidates or individuals who are like the All-America for their state. Um, so if Tua could end up at my in Atlanta, sit on the bench get a chance to come in, play in a, co a system that throws to the running backs, which he's used to, play in a system that has big play potential with Calvin Ridley out there, uh, mm -hmm. with Jayla Gabriel. Not Taylor Gabriel, is not there anymore. Um, uh, whoever else they drafted, um, I, I think he's got a chance there. On the Jake Fromm aspect, uh, he's always, he, again, another guy with a lot of talent around him. You think of Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Michael Hardman, Riley Ridley. Uh, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know where he goes, but he would have to go somewhere where – you know, it'd be maybe like a check down system. He wouldn't be the star. I think he could do great at a Tennessee. You know, I know they're about to pay big dollars for uh, uh, for Ryan Tannehill. Um, so, you know, it, but there there's definitely a ton of other teams out there. It wouldn't be the Browns. The Browns already have a quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I. I mean, they're they're ranking they're ranking from as the fifth best quarterback in this upcoming draft behind, of course, LSU's Joe Burrow to uh, as we mentioned Justin Herbert out of Oregon and Washington's Jacob Eason, who I believe transferred out of Georgia. I mean, from was it is top five in most almost every passing category at, at Georgia, including second in career passing touchdowns for the for yep. the Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned about Tua before quickly. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, he's 34 years years of age right now. He said about going to the possibly the Dolphins, maybe to even to the Falcons. It's of course, you know, from I think I think he's from is a definitely a, a a player that wouldn't wouldn't need to learn 
for at least two years, maybe one or two, two years yeah. to learn the, learn the game, learn to speed up, and like I said, and develop his arm strength. Yeah. Like I said, I like him. He's you know a pocket back. He's not going to wow anyone with his with his athleticism. Yeah. But I like him. I think he's a, a an educated and he has a high football IQ. And that's okay. what I that's what that's what I like about Fromm. He yeah. knows. I th- we talked about how reading the defenses before. He, he's the type of guy who can read who can properly read defenses, especially I think he can do it on the next level. Okay. So I'm not sure where he ends up. I mean, Tua. They're saying he's still going to be a top ten pick. You know, because they go to go to the Dolphins. Um, as far as Fromm is concerned, I say he probably goes anywhere between you know second to third round, um, depending on you know maybe if, if teams jump up. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I'm still high on Fromm. I think. Fromm could have a very good career. Tua, so many injuries with the high ankle sprain. He had surgery on before. Twice, oh yeah. You know, so I'm just not really sure um, how his body's going to hold up. That's my only worrisome about Tua. Yeah, that's what I was saying. If he could go somewhere where there was a dome, right? Like better, better uh, environment for him to play in eight games out of the season, right? Would be really good for him. He could end up somewhere with New Orleans. You know, we know that uh, there's only a few years left for Drew Brees. Um, and on Fromm, I think Fromm would look great in uh, Pittsburgh. That's just me, though. Ooh, okay. Okay, learning under Mike Tomlin might not be a bad idea. I mean, yeah, because I don't know how long Kyle Rudolph's going to stick around there. So, yeah. and I don't know. Uh, Mason gonna... Rudolph made it. Ma- excuse me, Mason Rudolph. Excuse me. Yep, Mason Rudolph. And I don't know how how much they believe in um, Duck Hodges, and and I think Big Ben is probably about maybe got a year or two left in him. Yeah. Yep. Moving along, uh, I know we want to talk about some basketball news quickly. Oh, Betty, you were we were discussing offline how on uh, the NBA Kevin Love is just kind of imploding, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, it's America. If you haven't seen it, uh, Kevin Love has, you know, prior to the season starting, signed that max contract because LeBron left, or that was sorry, two years ago, signed the max contract after LeBron left, um, and you know, kind of, kind of said, hey, I'll be the elder statesman, I'll be the veteran presence here. Things have definitely gone downhill. Uh, you know, you watch this most recent game. I don't, know, I can't remember who they played, but just lackadaisical coming down the court. Uh, comes to get the ball off in a, uh, uh, you know. Clock winding Timberwolves, down. I believe it was. Timberwolves, uh, clock winding down. He comes up and gets the ball and just chucks it at one of his teammates. No actual, like, you know, heart in the actual play of him trying to get the ball in, trying to score some points. Oh, and then they, oh, so it was against the Thunder. Excuse me. Thunder. The Thunder. There you go. Uh, and then obviously, and this is this is the, a team that you know he, they should be able to beat or at least be able to play with, uh, considering the OKC's kind of not been the OKC that we have now that they don't have uh, uh, Russell Westbrook anymore. Um, and then another scenario where they come down on defense and he just kind of walks away, head in the clouds, and doesn't play any defense. Is one of the tallest guys on the field. You think on the on the court, you think he'd come down there and try to play some. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. The, it just looks like a player who's defeated. It looks like a player who just does not, he, he doesn't really, his heart's not in this. So, you know, I'm wondering, he wasn't 100% happy playing with LeBron, but they won a championship and they were always competitive, right? Well, he, was almost, he, he went there to play with LeBron. I think he's just mad that LeBron left. Okay. Now, now, do you believe that the max contract was worth it? And is it even worth playing out this season? Do you feel like what you've seen that it's even worth, can you repair this? I honestly, I think they have to trade him and get more value from him while you can. He's he's only 31 years of age. Let's be honest. He's got some. He's got years left. I mean, honestly, when he was in Minnesota, he was a double double machine. Yep. You yep. know, I mean, he his tail his career has just kind of tailed off. You know, I I just like I said, I'm not sure. You know, he's come out and said he's had some you know mental issues in the past before. You know, and still mm-hmm. does, and still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe that has to do with it, but. You know, I think I really truly do think that 
being that he's on and out again, a losing team. He went to Cleveland to play with LeBron and Kyrie. They won a championship. Everything was great. And then, yeah. when, and then when LeBron dipped out, things ain't so great when you're losing. You know, as they say, winning cures all. Yep. Right? Yep. I think if he can go to a squad where he has a legitimate shot, can make the playoffs, maybe perhaps get a deep run, not necessarily definitively a championship right away, mm-hmm. I think his entire mindset will then change. Yeah. But to your to your point though, or your your question that was the max contract worth it? Right now it's not looking so. However, I think that uh the Cavs really need to shop shop him right now. Yeah. Get something for him while you can, like I said, while he's still young. Don't wait till he's thirty three or thirty four. And on yeah. the line, or if he has some hurt, and he has some horrific injury, get something yeah. for him while you can. Which he's had injuries in the past, you know, he's missed some time. So the last thing that you want is one, all that money sitting on the shelf, just like you know, I don't know the Warriors. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I guess we'll we'll see what happens with him. Moving along, let's get into some more football news and action. Um, man, coaching carousel happening around the NFL. Biggest one, of course, we think we got to talk about is the is the Cowboys hiring <laughs> former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. Um, I let me say the start off by saying this: I like Mark McCarthy. I think he's a heck of a coach. He's got got a great resume. He's got a he's got a Super Bowl championship on that resume. Yeah. Was he the right hire for the Cowboys? I not entirely sure. Yeah. Mike McCarthy. Is an offensive guy. Yeah. You fired. They fired him from Green Bay because the offense wasn't wasn't working right the right proper way. Yep. You go to a Cowboys team who already has a great offense. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what the Cowboys were thinking. I think he went into that meeting with with Jerry and Stephen Jones and just sold himself quite heartily. He yeah. said, "Hey guys, yo, player, I'm right here. What is good? You know what I mean? Whatever he said, and just really they they bought into it. Is it gonna work? We'll have to wait and see. Give me quickly your I'll bet your thoughts on this Mike McCarthy hire. I think it's a bad hire. I mean, I, I just I don't know what to make of his career considering he had the benefit of, you know, having Aaron Rodgers the entirety of his time when he was at in Green Bay. And now, you know, when they get out the stories come out about how much friction there was there, right? Now, is were they winning Due to the friction, was it just one of the things that has to you just uh, deal with it, kind of like the Kobe and and uh, and Shaq, you know, winning championships, but we right. hate each other, um, you know. But and and now this is his opportunity. He inherits a team that it was as star-studded as the teams that he had when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Do I particularly think that he's? I mean, you know, his last his last four seasons with the Packers. 10 and 6, 10 and 6, 7 and 9, 4 and 7. He was fired in four cents. It just kept going downhill. And a lot of that did have to do with the fact that the offense around Aaron Rodgers was starting to go old, starting to get depleted. You know, at this point, 2017, you no longer have uh, uh, Jordy Nelson, the safety blanket anymore. And, and there were some injuries to the court to uh, Aaron Rodgers. I just, I think he's been out of the game a little too long. And I just don't know what he brings to the table that we haven't seen. Right. Are those wins what those wins are without Aaron Rodgers? I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, you got to say you've having the benefit is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they made the playoffs, what, nine out of the what 13 seasons he was there, yep. including one Super Bowl victory. Yep. Um, but yeah, you got to give credit. I mean, a lot of those games, Aaron Rodgers willing that team and doing Aaron Rodgers things. So right. 
you know, I think you need to shore up that defense. I know, I think they, he did bring in a defensive coordinator um, that he wanted, uh, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just really struggling here with it with this hire. To be honest yeah. with you, I really thought they were going to go after Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, or perhaps Urban Meyer. You know, that's why I was just kind of shocked that all of a sudden they announced Jason Garrett's not going to be returning, and then boom, next day you hire Mike McCarthy. Yeah. So kind of, I guess it was more surprised by it than anything, but I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah. A couple other hirings that got, uh, that went down this past week. The Panthers hired Baylor, former Baylor head coach, Matt rule. The giants hired former Patriots wide receiver coach, Joe judge. Um, let's start out with the Panthers first. We'll get into that craziness of the giants Panthers, man. Are they, did they bring in Matt rule to really develop, help try to try to help Cam Newton possibly, you know, Baylor, he turned that program around pretty quickly. I will say, I think you know, having a first, a very bad first year at, at the program yeah. it was coming off the whole allegation, the whole um, suspensions and things like that with yeah. uh, Art Miles. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this Baylor, on this, me, on this Panthers hiring of former Baylor head coach Matt Rule? It was dumb. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think it's dumb. All these college coaches that this is, then this is, you know, uh, go back in time, America to us at the beginning of the show talking about. Hey, you're going to see that the NFL is trying to make a stand on, hey, do we want to be the college game? When I watch football on Sunday, I watch football on Sunday to have Sunday football. When I watch football on Saturday, I watch football on Saturday to have Saturday football. I don't want to see this RPO nonsense. I want to see like curated, you know, architected offenses that are working because it's it's systemic. It, there's a reason that it's there's an intent, intention to it. Most of college football to me looks like backyard run around, uh, get somebody in motion. So the entire defense is fooled looking one way. And then you throw bombs, throw bombs left and right, bombs left and right. You, the fact that they have made the low percentage throw a high percentage play that mm. to me shows that there's no actual physics science behind this. It's, it's just, it's a menagerie, right? I, I, I don't trust it. It's it continues to be a thing in the in the uh, college game they are awarding Heisman's to players who do that but we but the, I just don't know if it's sustainable at the, at the NFL level if the NFL doesn't start doing things like hiring college coaches who don't have the background or pedigree to take care of a, a team that's struggling and needs a turnaround right like mm -hmm. I don't think he's the right guy for a game that or excuse me for a team that really they lost their quarterback that was the biggest issue they always had a good defense or they'll continue to have a good defense. And they play in a division that, you know, they can be alive in when you think of the Buccaneers always being terrible and the Falcons continually being terrible at, for of the, as the time being over the last few years. Um, and that can, can we roll into the Giants one, or do we want to keep talking about the Panthers one? Yeah, I mean, dude, it's just kind of weird that they went this route, to be honest with you. Um, you know, like I said, Matt Rule did turn Baylor around pretty quickly. Eleven in his first year, then eleven and three in this past season. So, you know, kind of going from that spread wide out offense, you know, um, fast and furious. You know, with the Panthers, is, is Cam Newton going to stick around? Are you going to keep McCaffrey a thousand times a game? Right. I don't think that's sustainable. He's he's got to slow down at some point, don't you think? And then you're overusing him, right? Like he's. I think the the. Um, Saints showed us that when you have a guy like that, uh, who you sprinkle in, in as Alvin Kamara, because, and I, I want to say this as culturally appropriate as possible. I think I've said it before. African-American Christian McCaffrey pays for the Saint. Uh, 
Yeah, plays for the Saints. And Caucasian-American uh, Alvin Kamara plays for the Panthers, right? Like, they are basically the same exact player on two different teams. Because they're in the same division, right? A lot of these teams that will will bring in the same kind of players and try to do the same things that they like to do. Um, I, I don't know. Hey, you turned around a college team. Great. You turn around a college team that I feel like there's always kids that want to go play there. Kids that didn't get uh, – you know, an offer at all the other big name schools could just could just end up at Baylor, right? Generally, that area always has a flood of talent that somebody wants to play there. So I don't know how hard it is to really turn. Now that Southern Method, Southern Methodist hasn't turned around, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> no, I mean it's yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, hey, I guess because they thought the Cliff Kingsbury thing didn't go as poorly as it did, they could try this guy out. But I don't know. I'm I'm more perturbed at the uh, the Patriots uh, Joe Judge hire of the Giants. Yeah, dude. First of all, when I saw this, I was like, who the hell is Joe Judge? Yep. So um, he's a judge. He's a judge on TV. So I went to Google and Google said, who the hell is Joe Judge? (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I mean, hiring a wide receiver coach. I mean, I mean, granted, he learned other Bill Belichick. He was even at Alabama one time. So he learned other Nick Saban. So He's, I'm sure he's got a lot of great football knowledge there, learning from the two great, two great uh, coaches in the right in that aspect. But man, this was kind of came out, you know. Honestly, I thought this is where Mike McCarthy could have probably gone. Fact. You know. Facts. Facts. Dude, uh, so that's why I was like, get quickly. I mean, this is he. He comes from your squad, dude. Help me out. Help me understand who Joe is, and if this could possibly be a good fit for the. Uh, excuse me, who Joe Judge is, and if this could be a good fit for the New York Football Giants. So I will say that I watched the first take where they kind of chatted about this guy a little bit or whichever show has Stephen A. Smith g- scra- uh, shouting all over the place. Um, that's, that's every show he's on. So every go ahead. Show, the fact. Uh, <laughs> Joe Judge is the Patriots wide receiver coach. How well did the Patriots wide receivers play this year? One. Mm. Mm. Two. Uh, Joe Judge, um, you used to be under Bill Belichick, and before that you were under uh, Nick Saban. That doesn't tell me that you have a lot of football knowledge. That just tells me that nepotism works because those guys are from the same coaching tree and are very well connected. So if he says, hey, I got a guy if you need an offensive coordinator or a potential or da-da-da-da, woo-woo-woo, and that's his in, right? That says that to me speaks nothing. If he went from you know one coaching staff to another coaching staff to another coaching staff and continually moved up – That'd be one thing. But going from people you know to people you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Two, 38-year-old head coach of a team that is on the come up, one, two, needs to be able to look. And you're going to New York, dog. You're mm-hmm. going to New York. The only reason Pat Shermer is not there right now is because he couldn't stand the bright lights and know that you have no support from David Gettleman. David Gettleman is on a hot seat just as much as this – Excuse me, head coach is going to be. So when the axe drops next year and this team is four and whatever, know that Joe Judge is going to be a one and done coach and Dave Gettleman's probably going to get fired too. I, I don't see this working out. Yeah, I, I think they needed someone with experience. I, I think we talked about this Giants position before that if you bring in someone who can really get this offensive go- offense going and you know they develop that defense they could be a, a, a good squad the next couple of years so in a division kind of, you can take advantage of which is a, which is probably one of the weakest divisions in football you know um so i guess hey maybe the giants know something that we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah show me some <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess uh, we'll see we'll see what happens i guess yeah I did have one one statement for you, Obed, on here. We want to go into you right, you mad. I just have one big one, and it's kind of a 
want to be, you know, a sensitive topic here, which I do want to discuss with you briefly. Mm-hmm. My statement to you, Obed, is the league is purposely not interviewing or hiring minority head coaches. Uh, Sherman, you might as well go buy a lottery ticket because you write. Um, I, I will be, and and this is for my New York heads, dead ass on this one. <laughs> um, and it's perfect, the segue that we went from talking about the Giants hiring a no-name coach called Joe Judge mm-hmm. to be the head coach of, an, of a team where I don't know why the offensive coordinator from the Cowboys didn't get that opportunity. I don't know why uh, Salah... The head coach now he they didn't interview him yet and they made their coaching selection uh you know before uh, the playoffs was done but what he's done with the defense over there in uh, San Francisco I have no idea why he is not up for an opportunity here um, at the end of the day this is why they have things like the Rooney Rule but. Honestly, the Rooney rule is nonsense anyways. The Rooney rule literally states you have to hire a minority or you have to interview, interview. a minority a minority for an open head coach position. So all these teams are doing is, oh, okay, we'll interview and then we'll just go hire the person that we do want who doesn't look like anybody around here. It's it's still – it's sad that you, we still have to have this rule in place in the year two, in 2020. You know? This but is America. I, when when no, right. Childish Gambino said made that song – People have no idea just the irony around it. Like it's the, the the song is literally this is America. Don't catch you slipping. This is what happens, right? You have positions open for teams that need a fresh start, but you go and you dig up Mike McCarthy, a loser. You go and you dig up uh, Pat Shermer, a loser. You will not give a chance to somebody when when the Broncos fired Vance Joseph. I have no idea why he's not getting help from the draft picks that uh, their coach, um, John Elway is, is picking and the GM, uh, John Elway is picking and he wasn't getting help from the offense. He had, he literally had no offense to play with. The defense is great. Vance Joseph is a defensive guy, but you gave him one year and then fired him. Are you trying to make him out to be the scapegoat? At the end of the day, this is a good old boys club. Picking good, making good old boy picks. Mm-hmm. No one will ever make me not believe that the Chicago Bears organization didn't, or, or excuse me, was not trying to avoid hiring a black core or uh, drafting a black quarterback when you went with Mitch Trubisky from the football powerhouse UNC, 13 <laughs> game starter in his senior year because that's the only season that he played as a starter versus right. the guy who went to the NFC, the uh, BCS championship game twice back to back and beat Alabama the second time in thrilling fashion. You didn't want to give him a chance, but that's fine. He's in the playoffs now and you guys are sitting at home. Right. Dude, I mean, there's only four minority coaches in the league as right now. You got Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, Anthony Lennon in, 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 with the Chargers, Flores in the Dolph in Miami with the Dolph, and then Rivera in Washington. And in, it, it, it's it's just how many valid candidates that you have out there. You mentioned oh, what the what the Niners defensive guy. There's so many guys that are out there. You know, I think even Marvin Lewis interviewed for the uh, for the Cowboys position. Didn't get it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just odd to me that. It's like you said, these these them good old boys, a yeah. bunch of good old boys, you know, they're just running the show 
I think even um, kind of switch to different sports, but LeBron said it once before, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, these, these players are out here just doing what these these owners want to do, want them to do. And it's almost like that slave mentality. It absolutely is. But I mean, look at what happened with the shortened season. They were just like, Oh no, 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 no. We're not going to just not play those games. You guys are going to play a game every night, every week until we catch up. Do Mm -hmm. you think, and, and you know, I would be surprised if people were like, Hey, load management back then, you think uh, a aging Kobe Bryant is trying to come out here and play max minutes four nights in a row? What, are we horses? What, what? Right, right. It's just, dude. But like I said, going back to the league, the whole coaching thing, I, I don't. I'm not sure if it's going to change or how it's going to change or when it's going to change. But you, there are plenty of valid candidates out there who are minorities who could potentially be head coaches in this instead of in the Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich better become Byron, a head coach. You offered he, what he's in still he's over in um, uh, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona still. Dude, he's making a name for himself. You know he could be coming up soon. But I think it's like that. Not even getting call calls. It's yeah. it's a shame. Yeah. Let's move let's move it along, dude. Let's um, quickly recap some of the uh, games from this past weekend of Wildcard Weekend around the league. Um, one of the best games to me of the, of the weekend was Texans in the Bills. Unfortunately, Buffalo took that loss. Um, it was still a good, still a great game. Went to overtime there. Um, you know, even though Buffalo lost, I still, like I said, still think it was a, it was a good one there. Um, what Buffalo only lost by what three? Mm-hmm. Went to you know, keep that field going overtime. Josh Allen rookie rookie mistakes. I mean, not rookie mistakes. Young 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 QB mistakes in the second half, especially in the second half. You know, with that with that, that that lateral he tried to do. Um, it, you know, he played a great first half. I'll say, but then he could, he could tell he was just young. The guy's only what 23 years old. It's gonna make these mistakes, unfortunately. Um, dude, but the, the, to me the stunner of the weekend was it was the Titans over your Pats, dude. I did not see this coming, especially in Foxborough. Um, out of these two AFC games, what did you think of them? Uh, I definitely, I mean, they both kind of did. The only clean game that straight up was the Texans Bills game, right? They just I I, I shudder to think about the touchdown that was taken off the board for the Patriots because they said that uh, one of the offensive linemen was, you know, too far downfield for the play, which I hadn't seen that play, that call being made in a game. And I have NFL Game Pass. I watch all these games. Very rarely is it, oh, the ineligible, whatever, whatever downfield uh, gets called. Um, and it's in very tight spots. It just... It, you can you can call me a a tinfoil hat wearer, but the NFL doesn't look at who has been eliminated from the NFL playoffs. Nobody who's in the playoffs right now has a Super Bowl win or really much super much much playoff experience. If you think it's uh, Minnesota, San Francisco, Tennessee, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City, Seattle, and Green Bay, right? Uh, well, uh, Green the, Bay was right. Green Bay, and Green Bay and Seattle. Green Bay and Seattle. But for, especially on the AFC side, it's as if they wanted to clean house and do something different because they know the only thing keeping them from having any other new champion is the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, that's not even to take anything away from the Pats. If you can't stop the Henry train of 34 touches, 182 yards, and a touchdown, I mean, uh, the last time the Patriots lost a big game like that, it came on the backs of uh, of Ray Rice. Right, Ray Rice ran the hell out of the ball down the Patriots' gut with a with a defense that wasn't able to stop them. And you and you know at the time, they weren't the number one defense in the NFL like this defense was. But we did see that uh, 
Um, Stephon Gilmore went out with an injury, and I think they lost a linebacker to an injury as well. So a couple holes there, and just couldn't couldn't stop him. Mar- Marcus Mariota on the trick play to start the game, and then Mike Vrabel burning time off the clock with a great play- Belichick move. You know, it it just. It, it wasn't home cooking because they were playing at home, but I never, I never saw the Patriots leaving the stadium with a W, just the way things had gone leading up to that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was just more of a shocking thing to do at home. And I, I got a, I got a follow-up question for you, just quickly before we move on to the NFC wildcard matchups we saw. Is this Tom Brady's last game as a New England Patriot, Obed? Probably. You think so? I mean, it's, it's. Where, I, where, where do you think he ends up if he does leave? Again, I'm going to bring this team up again. Tennessee. I mean, it's they got they got way more talent on the wide receiver core. They just need to get these guys going. They have great tight ends there. Um, the game is predicated on the run, uh, which I if there's nobody playing doing play action way better than Tom Brady. Uh, I'll I'll throw that out there right now. Um, in a division that is ripe for the picking, he would only have to contend with the Houston uh, Texans. Um, and you know, so, you know to, again, as long as he stays in the AFC, there's not enough talent there to stop him. Uh, wh- and you know, Baltimore is going to look great, but Baltimore's entire game is predicated on the legs of Lamar Jackson, and we'll see how long those legs can keep running for. Yeah, okay. All right. We'll see. We think the two NFC wildcard matchups: Vikings uh, came up over the Steelers in a thrilling in overtime, and the Seahawks um, beat the Eagles. Man, we talked about this whole overtime thing before. Vikings went in, got the ball first, boom, scored, touchdown, game over. Saints didn't have a shot, but obviously there was a controversial call at the end with the Kyle Rudolph touchdown. Did he did he or did he not push off? To me, it looked like he did push off. He extended that right arm, yeah. got separation. It should have been an offensive pass interference call. Um, but it, it, that was a heck of a game. My pick for having the Saints in the Super Bowl, that's obviously gone now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was still a great game. Kirk Cousins finally got his first playoff victory. Good for him. Yeah. Um, and it was in New Orleans, which was which is a hard place to win. Yeah. Good for them. Does Drew Brees come back? I think he definitely comes back next yeah. year. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater still be around as a backup? I think he could get a, possibly get a starting job somewhere, but he may want to stick around because he thinks he's gonna. I think, I think he feels that he could, he's gonna get the reins one day. But yeah. taste, but Taysom Hill, man, this guy's a Swiss Army knife, and he can still throw the rock. You know, be, I think he's gonna stick around too, in case he want to take he want he wants to take the reins over for Brees when when uh, when Drew's gone. Yeah, man, I wonder. I don't know what what Taysom Hill is gonna really look like when he's got to take thirty snaps right he's got to take 30 pass attempts right we he we see him in very this is this is the young russell wilson young colin kaepernick dynamic right we hide them behind play action behind the run and then when he gets his opportunity to throw he makes such a big play this is like old school uh joe flacco old school ben Ben roethlisberger where we give them limited snaps limited throws and those throws are so big those plays are so big you're just like oh my god what is he doing like What's that look like through the course of a season, right? Can he do that? Every, consistency, consistency, consistency. If he could do that, he would probably get signed off of that roster somewhere else, right? Somebody would come calling and be like, or he would know what he's capable of and be like, I'm not going to take hits on special teams mm-hmm. and be a sub tight end and then come in for wildcat packages if I can actually be a quarterback in this league. Right. No, I, I mean, I get, I get it. I get it. But I guess... I don't. I think Breeze has maybe two years left. I agree. Uh, I think he he wants to just win one more, and he's gonna go out. Hopefully, yeah. he'll, hope I honestly I hope he does get it though. 
I, I like I like Breeze a lot. I hope he does yeah. get it. This and the Seahawks Eagles one. Seagulls, excuse me. The Seahawks were just too much for Philly. Philly just had too many injuries. I think we both called this one here. Yeah. Just, just too, just too many injuries for the Eagles. Couldn't keep up. Yeah. Also, Russell Wilson, three, three twenty-five and a score. You know, yeah. DK Metcalf. Look, he's, he's not decap. <laughs> Yo, that dude was. Yeah, that dude was straight, strongly caffeinated. He strongly was, caffeinated. Yes, dude, sir. That dude was doing work. I mean, you can see why the, the Seahawks grabbed him out of Ole Miss, and you know, he was you know. A heck of a wide receiver at Ole Miss. You know, it was weird that he fell to the second round. Some people were thinking, "What's wrong with him?" Does he have some off the field issues? But man, he looked like he was definitely their legit receiver for their for a few years to come. So seven for what one sixty in a score, had a heck of a game. So if him and Russell Wilson can be on the same page to keep this going, that's going to be a nice combination for years to come. You know, the NFL with these guys who, who claim to be, uh, what's it called, scouts. These guys are bozos. They have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Let's quickly run through the divisional round matchups that's going to be happening this weekend. Uh, first, we'll start on Saturday's matchup, Vikings at Niners. I'm going to go Niners here at home in Santa Clara. Um, Garoppolo, I think, is going to have a big game here. His first playoff matchup where, you know, first playoff game, he's going to be starting the quarterback. So uh, I think I think the Niners will probably win this one by at least by 10. I got the Niners at least by 10. I mean, it, the kind of stuff that that stuff's not happening. The stuff that Minnesota was able to pull off is not going to happen in San Francisco outside. We, we'll, we'll see who comes to play because Dalvin Cook always does. Um, and you're going to need the best game that you can get from Kirk Cousins. But San Francisco is going to come for shooting. And I'm, I'm, we're here for it. Yep, yep. Uh, the next one on Saturday night is the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens in this one, of course. I'm picked, I picked them to go all the way. So I'm going to go Ravens. Um, probably Ravens, by, I would say, by 13. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot more than that, honestly. People, this is, and this is why, this is why I say I put my tinfoil hat on. Tennessee's about to go get blown out by Baltimore. New England would not go to Baltimore and get blown out. I'm telling you, Baltimore is going to blow the doors off of Tennessee. Tennessee's going to look like a JV team, and you're going to realize that the NFL just did not want the Patriots there anymore. Is Mark Ingram healthy though? Not at all. Not no. at all. But they could put the, the again, the entire offense is predicated on what Lamar Jackson can do. You could put Gus Edwards back there. Gus Edwards is getting yards. Gus Edwards is getting yards for them last year before they put this this uh, offense out here. So, you know, I'm not too much worried about who can run the rock because really your your number one focus is stopping Lamar. Yep. Okay. Sunday's matchup. First one, Houston at KC. I'm going to go KC all the way. Patrick Mahomes, of course, you know, uh, the reigning MVP of the league, man. Um, Texans. I like this matchup. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be the matchup everyone's going to be talking about. I just don't think the Texans defense can slow down the KC offense. I think there's going to be a high scoring game. I'm thinking both teams will probably may score in the thirties or like, let's say chiefs go low thirties. Texans go, maybe go high twenties. So I'm text. I'm saying the chiefs, I would say by like by four or five. I, I'll take Kansas city by touchdown. I'll take Kansas city by touchdown. Okay. Okay. Um, and Seattle at Green Bay, the final one here of the weekend. Um, man, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. May I think this is going to be a tough one. It's in Green Bay. So just because of that, I will go Green Bay. I think this is going to be a, a close one. It, it's only, if they're feeding Aaron Jones, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for Seattle. Feed Aaron Jones the rock. Um, but I think. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think I'm going to say Packers by no more than three. Man, 
I'm giving it to Green Bay because they're at home. But that there is any other team out there more suspect than Green Bay, I ask someone to tell me why. Because we saw this same Packers team go and lose in embarrassing fashion to the LA Chargers who were playing, who basically played away games in their home field all year long. Um, (laughs) You know, if you can, if you can allow uh, Green Bay to play Aaron Rodgers to um, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Jones, you're going to have problems. If you allow him to play Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams and then limit Aaron Jones in the run game, you can beat them. Um, the only if this game was in Seattle, I would give it to Seattle uh, by a landslide. And I don't know if they're going to get help in the run game. Seattle, the way you beat Green Bay is on the ground. I, I, I didn't. Uh, what's his name? Um, Beast Mode have like 14 carries for 17 yards or something like that. Yeah, he wasn't really doing too much for them. It was it was horrible. So you know, if they can't find a run game, I don't know if they can beat them in Green Bay. That's why I'm giving Green Bay the edge. Okay. Yeah. I mean. It's it's in Green Bay again, so that's definitely a plus. So we'll see what happens here. But I think this is going to be a, a, a great great matchup between two prolific quarterbacks here. Yeah. Well, uh, yep. Can I can I say can I say one thing? Sure, uh, sure. America, last week I was I was unable to uh, come to terms with the fact that I, I back then you heard me say I'm not going to bet against my team, but it's because I felt like the NFL was not trying to see us anymore. They're ready to start a new new uh, decade with a new champion and start building their brand for whoever's going to be in the future for them, whatever what have you. I'm going to say it will be San Francisco versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl and San Francisco wins. Why? Because the only person left in the AFC that could probably beat Baltimore is Kansas City and they're coming with that chopper. Yeah, I mean, if Mark Ingram stays healthy and Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I'm still going to go Baltimore out of the AFC. NFC, I'm changing my, I'm changing my, I originally wanted to say Packers, but I did say Saints, so I'm going to go Green Bay. Green Bay and Baltimore in the in the for the championship. Mark it down, folks. Yep, mark, mark it down. It, mark it down, folks. Well, America, that's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. We appreciate you guys for listening and joining in once again. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud.com slash What's the Word Entertainment and on Twitter at the WWENT. For Obed, I am Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. What would I be without you? Uh-huh. <laughs>